it is harder, but it's a different hard. It's a hard that I can steward and hold where the other hard I could not. I personally could not. Now, there are probably tons of people that can endure mental strains and emotional strains. I just could not endure that for me. And so- Forever. For I could not forever. Right. Hey, you guys, before we start this episode, I love to invite you to join our In Totality Patreon community. This is a place where we lean into vulnerability and perseverance. Meet me there today. Join now at www.patreon.com slash Megan Ashley. All right, guys, see you there. Hey, you guys, welcome to In Totality, a place where we celebrate authenticity and openness. We're here for those who are willing to explore, those who embrace imperfections, and for those with open hearts and minds. I'm excited to embark on this journey with you. And while I can't predict every twist and turn, I'm certain that God will be by our side with every step of obedience. Welcome to In Totality with me, your host, Megan Ashley. Hey, you guys, welcome back to In Totality. Um, I'm really excited that you're back. I don't know what episode this is. This might be two, three, four, five. I don't know, but I'm just happy you're back and um, joining the conversation and continuing the journey. I am Megan Ashley. Um, for those of you who know me, and if you're just now meeting me, if this is the first time you've ever seen me, hey, how are you? Thanks for joining. I hope you stay for the long time. Um, today, I have my very first guest, Um on the pod today. And he has been a, you know, inspirational male voice in my life for the last couple of, uh, of months. And he has, uh, he has encouraged me, corrected me (laughs) in some ways, inspired me in a lot of ways. Um, and really just being a really good, uh, brother in Christ, I would say. And, and, pulling out the best in me, wanting to see the best in me. Um, and so I'm just really appreciative that he's here today. So everybody welcome Tony Gaskin to the In Totality podcast. Thank you. Thank How you for you having feel? me. Absolutely. Feeling good. Feeling yeah. good. Glad that, you know, I get to be a part of this journey. Yeah. I get to see you soar. So it's pretty amazing. Does it feel weird? No, it feels like home. It feels yeah. right. Okay. It feels right. I yeah. think this is where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So God can use you, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I'm excited here. So you guys, I have to let you know, me and Tony have a very interesting banter between the two of us. Um, we both have very strong personalities and very strong opinions. Um, so what you are getting ready to witness is a real conversation. And so, um, but I know it's going to be beneficial uh, to your life. So Tony, what we are going to do is I have some close friends that join me on Patreon and they, if you join me on Patreon, you get to ask me questions. They get to text me. Um, they can leave a voice memo. They can leave a voicemail. And you guys, if you are a part of my Patreon, you get to actually talk to me. You get to text me, call me. I may not pick up, but you get to leave me a voice memo or a voicemail and you get to be a part of the show. I pull them randomly and Tony and I are going to listen. Actually, I got a text from someone. You didn't leave your name. So make sure you guys leave your name if you want to be, um, if you want to get a shout out. But I'm going to read a text um, that someone sent. And the text says, 
they are a new Christian and they want to know uh, how to navigate through understanding the Bible better because they're a new Christian. So what would you say is like a good, helpful tool? What I do is on the Bible app, they have, I think most people start with the King James version Mm -hmm. and that's why it feels so intense. Mm -hmm. And a basketball player reached out to me the other day and asked that same question. Like, how do I understand this better? So what I recommend is going to the new living translation. So like at the top left, you can hit the KJV and it'll bring up all the other translations Mm -hmm. and you can read the English Standard Version, Mm -hmm. the New Living Translation. So that really puts it in more modern day language. Yeah. And it helps you understand it's really like having a normal conversation. Yeah. And then some people use the the Messenger Bible Mm -hmm. and then you have the Study Bible on Amazon. It's like Mm -hmm. the green one. So I have that one. When you go through all of that, it breaks it all the way down. Yeah. I think it's also it like how bad do you want to know cuz i think that we were talking about this last night i was saying how intimidating the bible really is just on the surface if i don't know god right intimately it seems pretty intimidating there's all these thou's and thou shalt nots and smites and destroying that it's so it's so intense that it comes across very intimidating um but recently as I've been really getting into the word, like really reading it, um, so much more makes sense when you put it in context. But in order to get context, you have to read sometimes that chapter in totality. Like you have to read the whole thing, not just scripture verse. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think that that's something that it is helpful for me. Um, I use the message Bible, but I am mindful because sometimes it can be very kind of too watered down. Yeah, it kind of yeah. be too watered down and mm-hmm. you kind of miss the intensity that I think God designed for some stuff to be. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I think like the messenger Bible can get can be a you a tool to distract I think from the intensity because we're fragile as a culture, as a society, we're fragile. Right. So we need it to be watered down to right. be able to digest it. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Myself personally, I don't use it, mm-hmm. but I've heard other people, actually a pastor told me, a young pastor, he's only 31. Mm-hmm. He told me he reads that. Mm-hmm. And so, but I don't use it. Yeah. I read the King James version, you even though I, mean. I don't understand every word, yeah. but I feel like that's a part of it. Like when you pray for understanding yeah. and then what I did is I cut back my reading to one chapter a day mm. so that I could meditate on the word. Because yeah. a lot of times you read three chapters, five chapters, you miss so, so much. So much because it's overwhelming. But, yeah. Right. I'll yeah. read one scripture three times in a row while I'm reading that chapter. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to go through each scripture like three times yeah. to really meditate on it because it's, it's, it's real. Yeah. I think the messenger version can be helpful to start. But I think that you still need to know as close to the original way it was written as possible. Like you still need to read it just to hear your like hear the close translation and then maybe go to the message to kind of gain some more like basic understanding. You know what I mean? But um, I will say that lately I have been (laughs) using this app and it is like. 
It's like my favorite app. I'm on this thing more than I'm on social media now. Like I am. So it's kind of like chat GBT, but this is a Bible chat. So you ask it anything and it generates this like very thoughtful, um, in-depth response, but gives you Bible to help you. So it breaks it down and you can ask anything. I've mm-hmm. asked some wild stuff and they right. answer me. Right. Um, there's only been a few questions where it was like, all right, girl, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> you need to go to your maker and right. ask it. But um, they give you scripture references too. So it's not just like I know that's what you were using. I noticed what you was using <laughs> when you wrote me one time. I said, yeah, this little chat GPT. Oh, AI. <laughs> I know it. Tony and I had an argument about the Bible. It's fine. It wasn't an argument. It was a discussion. It, well, a discussion. it was a discussion that right. lasted for <laughs> longer than it needed to be over one scripture. <laughs> one scripture. And I'm, it's we not won't even, talk about Yeah, we here. don't need to That's talk about deep. it here because it's That's too deep. deep. Yeah, it's too deep. But uh, Bible chat, if you guys are listening, I tried to find you guys on Instagram. I can't find you. Somebody is perpetrating you on Instagram and I don't think it's you guys, but um, this app is amazing. I'm not saying that it's the end all be all. I'm not saying it replaces the Bible. I'm saying it's a tool. It, that's it. It's just a tool. Just like your devotionals are tools. Just like journaling is a tool. Just like the podcast is a tool. Um, it, whatever. It's a tool, but it is not replace what was given to us as our manual. The word is always going to be the word. And that's where you need to go and refer everything back to. But the Bible chat is helpful. So I think if you're a new beginner, those are the things and tools that I would recommend. Right. That helps. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So thanks for the question. Again, make sure you join the Patreon if you guys want to ask more questions. So because we have the relationship guru in the building, he is all things relationship. You're known for relationship advice. How did that start off for you? Like what was the, or why do you still feel inspired to do that? I don't feel inspired to do it. Mm -hmm. I feel called Called to to do it. it. And so it started because I wrote a book when I was 22 called what daddy never told his Mm -hmm. little girl. And that was like my transition out of the world. Mm -hmm. I retired, I got married. And so I started giving away the game because so many friends and family members were struggling. Mm -hmm. And I was like, y'all are falling for eighth grade games, but yet you're in your thirties and forties. And so that's why I wrote the book. And then in 2009, I started every night, like 10 PM to 1030. I would tweet a tweet every five minutes and it started going viral. Mm. And it would be like a Twitter sermon Mm. talking about a relationship concept. And it really went viral after Alicia Keys started following me and she retweeted one of my like general quotes. Mm -hmm. But that drew so many people to my page that the relationship stuff started going crazy. Really, And so I got stuck because it was like I looked at it as not many black men open up Mm -hmm. and talk publicly about our innermost thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. So here I was in 2009, 2010 doing this, and I think it just caught people off guard. Mm. And they were like, whoa, we get to peek inside of the mind and the thought process of a black male. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it was. 
Or what do you say is the difference between being inspired by something and being called to do something? Because I feel like that might sound the same. Right. Like, I'm so inspired to do da-da-da-da-da, you know? Right. How that can be the same for people. I kind of look at it how Jesus, when he was called to die on the cross, Mm -hmm. but yet he still went to God and said, hey, if this cup can be passed from me, Mm -hmm. please let it. Mm -hmm. So- Inspiration is like when you want to do something. Mm. Me being in this space is very reluctant. Mm -hmm. Like I would much rather be in the finance space Mm -hmm. talking about how to make money, how to flip money, Mm -hmm. much rather just doing general motivation. Mm -hmm. Hey, get up and go, Mm -hmm. you know, be more of a man. You got to hustle and grind. Like the Andrew Tate type um, message, like that type of message for men? No, he's toxic, but he's speaking from insecurity. Mm. So I don't have that kind of insecurity because I never was who he was. Mm. When you look at who he was as a child, Mm -hmm. it's different from who I was as a child. I was the best running back in football, the best point guard in basketball Mm -hmm. in my whole league, in my whole city, Mm -hmm. and then in my county. And I'm from Florida where Mm -hmm. you got real athletes. So I kind of always was in that space. Mm -hmm. But when a lot of these guys talking, they speaking from insecurity Mm. and then they get money but more so like what some motivational speakers do Mm -hmm. to where they just go talk to the sports teams Mm -hmm. and they just hey you gotta hustle you gotta grind you gotta get up Mm -hmm. you gotta wake up three o'clock in the morning that would be much easier but when you're talking about the depths of your spirit Mm -hmm. and you warring with lust Mm -hmm. and you have to consecrate yourself that's real hard to yeah. confront every day. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I relate to or what it what it hit home when you said like being inspired is something that you want to do and being called to something nine times out of 10, probably 10 times out of 10. I wouldn't even give it nine. I would give it 10 times out of 10. When God calls you to do something, you just don't want to do it. Right. Like this space and season that I'm in right now, I relate to that, like being reluctant. I feel very out of my element and I don't want to do it. Like if, you know what I mean? Like I'm honored to, but I don't want to do it Mm -hmm. because I understand the responsibility. I understand the, um, the weight that that can carry. It it offered the opportunity for me to think that it was going to be heavier, but I think that in that moment of like, dang man, like God, I don't want to do this because it's going to be da 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 da, and then I'm going to have to do this, and then I'm going to have to do that, and me, 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 and he's like, I didn't ask you to carry it on your own, nor am I asking you to be dependent on your own. And I think that that's the thing. Like when he calls you to something, it's because he wants to carry it for you, mm-hmm. with you, right? fight for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He wants to do the work and right. not put it all on you to do because yeah. we can't do it on our right. own. Really quick, you guys, I'm so glad you're enjoying this episode, but I just wanted to give you a quick heads up. You can also catch In Totality on video over on YouTube, which drops weekly. Simply search Megan Ashley, or you can find the link in the episode's description. Your ongoing support means the world to me. All right, guys, back to the episode. He gives you the strength. Yeah. He gives you the wisdom. Yeah. And so that's where it's like, 
we called into places where if we went alone, it would destroy mm-hmm. us. But mm-hmm. when you go with him, because every day I'm shocked. I'm like, wow, this yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Like, even like when you're talking, you're giving a speech or you're doing something, you just can feel when you call to it. Yeah. It's, it's different. Yeah. And it, it's scary. And I think that's why the adversary brings people to muddy the waters. Mm. So it's like they'll see God calling somebody to something and then there will always be people who come and try to change the message mm-hmm. and distort the truth. Mm-hmm. But it's really just like a decoy. Yeah. And so that's what made me like give up on it. Mm. I was like, Lord, I'm not, I can't do this because now you got clowns in the space. Now you got people who they're not going to live it behind closed doors. Mm. Like they're not trying to go find their wife and consecrate their spirit, Mm. crucify their flesh and be faithful. But yet they're giving all this advice. So it's getting muddy because people are coming and saying, hey, Tony, you said this, but such and such said that. And Mm. but I'm like, such and such is not married. And so the message is going to be different. So you feel like it's important for people who give relationship advice that they need to be married. It's not necessarily that you have to be married. Mm -hmm. It's just you have to angle where you're speaking from. Yes. So if you are single and happy, you are, and you're a coach, you're a singles coach. Mm -hmm. You're not a relationship coach. Mm -hmm. If you are divorced, Mm -hmm. you're teaching, this is what makes it go wrong. Mm -hmm. But you can't fully say, this This is is what will make it work until you go implement that. Mm -hmm. So when you go implement it and it works, now you have a testament to say, hey, this works. Mm -hmm. But see, right now, we live in a society where people don't want to be held accountable. I seen a clown on a comment and because he has like a degree, he felt like he can be, he put in his bio, relationship expert. And so how you said, hey, this is Tony Gaskin, relationship guru. I've never said that. Mm -hmm. I've never written it once, Mm -hmm. never put it in a bio. And so that's always a red flag for me when I see a man has expert anything, guru anything. For sure. (laughs) And so I went, I'm like, okay, the guy is single. Mm -hmm. He's sitting on podcasts with a bunch of beautiful women. He calls himself an expert, and because he has a degree on psychology or something, he Mm -hmm. feels that he can give relationship advice. Mm -hmm. But it's so much different to to preach and to practice. Yeah, yeah. Practice don't always look like preaching. Yeah, and I think I mean I think that goes for anybody who feels that they're an expert in anything that is a life experience because I feel like everyone is going to show up in that space differently. Like I could read and plenty of women, we can read all the books about motherhood all we want. And guess what? Nothing prepares you to be a mom. I could read books about how to be a wife and nothing prepared me for that. But what I will say is, is that this I don't have it. My Bible, that prepared me. If I would have read that, it probably would have prepared me more. And so for me, anybody that's saying they're an expert and they're not coming from that vantage point, for me, it's a no. For me. Mm -hmm. We can give practical things all day, but there are going to be moments in your relationship that no advice, no degree, 
Mm. No amount of hours that you've clocked in coaching anybody is going to be able to fix, you know, in someone's relationship. Right. And I think that that's where the wisdom of God's word comes in because it fills in all the gaps. It doesn't miss. Right. You know what I mean? And when you get there, you also gain the wisdom to know that you know nothing. Yep. So you gain the wisdom to know that you can never call yourself an, an expert. expert. Yeah. You can never call yourself a guru. Mm -hmm. Like you can share your experience, but you also get to understand how vast these experiences are. Mm -hmm. So even when you have a winning recipe, like I'm 39 and I've been married 16 years in this society, that's a winning recipe, mm -hmm. but I still know what works for my wife and I won't work for everybody. Yep. And so in that, I still have to tread lightly when yep. I'm sharing my experience and my insight. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what is destroying relationships today is because the adversary is giving a microphone and a platform to people who don't have pure intentions. I mean, that's everywhere in every sector of the industry. Right. I feel like everybody and and, and at the end of the day everybody has a microphone. Mm -hmm. You got a phone in your hand. Right. Technically, you have a microphone, you have a platform right. to spew any lie, any you know what I mean? Right. Like I think that that's a thing that we're the difference is when it comes to relationships, it's the fabric yeah. of society. So when we have fraudsters in finance, that's not going to affect us the way fraud in relationships Yeah, because that's the moral core of everything. Right. Yeah. Because when you have healthy relationships, then you have healthy marriages. Mm -hmm. When you have healthy marriages, you have healthy families. Mm -hmm. When you have healthy families, then you have a healthy world. Mm -hmm. So we could do fraud financially and bounce back from it. Mm -hmm. Our country has shown us that. Mm -hmm. We can do that. But when you destroy the fabric of the world, which is love and relationship, mm -hmm. you literally destroy the world. Mm. And that's why God says the greatest gift to man is love. Mm. So he specifically said you cannot worship God and mammon, mm -hmm. meaning God and money, mm -hmm. God and other stuff. You cannot put anything other before God, mm -hmm. but the greatest gift is love mm -hmm. or charity. And so that right there, is why I feel the calling is so heavy. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have to get out of my comfort zone and come on podcasts like mm -hmm. this because the devil's so loud. Mm -hmm. Because this is not my personality. I don't mm. I don't like being in the public eye. Uh, yeah, same. And even and people don't understand that, that. People don't understand the difference between those who are called and those who just came. Mm -hmm. And or who saw an opportunity. Right. Because really what it is, is a lot of people are just very gifted in speaking. But that doesn't mean that they're anointed to teach it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're just gifted, to, but you can't, but you don't live it. Mm -hmm. You're not anointed to teach it, you know, and it will always leave people lacking. You know what I mean? And this idea of... uh what a high value man is, is a big topic. And I feel like it's going to be a, a big conversation for a long time. But in the relationship space, what would be the proper way to 
define what a high value man is and why is that such a conversation topic right now? Mm-hmm. It's a big topic you know, because of Kevin Samuels and, mm-hmm. you know, him making it popular. And when we look at context, just like you said, the word context, when you read the Bible, when you look at context, if a man's focus is on himself, mm-hmm. like he's not married and raising children mm-hmm. with his wife, then his focus is on his net worth. Mm-hmm. His focus is on his body. Mm-hmm. His focus is on his earning potential, building business, building a brand or a company or what have you. And so in the world sense and in that terminology, high value really only meant a man who earns a lot of money, Mm -hmm. a man who earns good money. And then they can throw some other things in there, Mm -hmm. but it's not what it meant because they weren't living it. Mm -hmm. They were preaching it, but not practicing it. But a high value man, honestly, is a man who has surrendered to his creator. Mm -hmm. Because that man in that space, he is humble. Mm -hmm. He is faithful. Mm -hmm. He is committed. He is sacrificing. Mm -hmm. A man who has submitted to God, that is when he receives all his value. Because in totality, the word of God makes you a complete person. Mm. It makes you a whole person. Mm -hmm. So when you remove that and you just say, oh, you know, a high value man, they are going to cheat. They're going to have other women. You need to accept it. Mm. And that's what was being taught. That is still being taught. Exactly. And so they mean a man with money, a man Mm -hmm. with notoriety, a man with fame. But what is he lacking? Everything else, mm-hmm. character, integrity, discipline, self-love. Which which makes you more high-valued because you can't put a price on it. You can't put a price on it. I can't put it. a price on your integrity. I can't put a price on your faithfulness and commitment to God. I can't put a price on you being devoted. Like, I can't put a price on those things. And I feel like that's what makes you a high-value man. Right. Not, you know. That's it. You can have all the stuff, but exactly. if you don't have the things that are priceless. Right. And if you have what's priceless, it's only a matter of time before you have everything that money mm-hmm. can buy. Mm-hmm. Because when you have character and you have discipline and you have integrity and you have self-love, that is going to produce the byproduct of that will be worldly success. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to turn into that because you will have so much clarity mm-hmm. and so much focus. And from that space, you're able to create. But So what would you say to for people who do have a lot of money and aren't a high value man, I guess, spiritually or in their morals and how they navigate through their life, but they do have the money and they do have the success? Like I think that Expensive people- Expensive misery. Mm, it's expensive misery. And we see examples of that in our world every mm-hmm. day. Men and women who have money or notoriety or fame or connections, but yet they have to be under the influence of something mm-hmm. almost all the time, whether that's marijuana or alcohol or gambling mm-hmm. or attention, mm-hmm. the influence of attention. Mm-hmm. 
it's like they have to be under the influence. Mm. And so when you really look at it, we can be all the way in God and still look miserable to people, but it could be because we've been up warring in the spirit. <laughs> and so right. we've been up on our face crying mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. to God. Mm -hmm. And so somebody's like, oh, you look miserable, mm -hmm. but it's our, our wars are different. different. Yeah. But when you see expensive misery, mm -hmm. it is money that has bought things, mm -hmm. but has not bought peace. Mm -hmm. So even though we can look tired in God, we could still be at peace mm -hmm. in the midst of the storm. Yeah, I think I have experienced that probably. I think what you said in the sense of like, once you have the character that God requires, you know, and, and has designed for us to have, then the other stuff comes. But what I've also noticed is, is that, it comes, but you're not even looking for, for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not your focus. I expect God to bless me because he promised me he would. Like, that's his promise to me. He would bless me. As long as I'm obedient, he'll bless me. Like, that's a promise. So I expect God to do what he says he's going to do because he doesn't lie. But in the journey of just like following him and knowing him, and it becomes less of the focus. Like, it's not even about those things. And actually, then when they do come, you're almost surprised. And you and the humility you feel because you know you don't deserve it. Like, the gift that I have, you know, to speak or share my journey, that's not a gift that I earned. It's a gift I work for. You know what I'm saying? I work to perfect the gift. I do my due diligence, but, like, I didn't do anything to earn it. So when blessings come, it's like, it's an honor. You know what I mean? And it's, but it's not my motivation to do anything. Right. You know what I right. mean? And I think a lot of, um, it's sad how much we are missing true, authentic relationships because we are bypassing character to get to the money. Mm -hmm. Right. With men and women. Mm -hmm. yep. Women are bypassing the character that they know they see in that man just because security notoriety, money, access, fame, influence. You mm, know what I mean? Right. But and we'll a woman will deal with a man that lies, cheats, has other women, doesn't have a relationship with God. Just for the money. All for the And that is the example of worshiping mammon. Yeah. Like idolizing is idolatry. Mm -hmm. Like you put money and the security mm -hmm. money brings before God mm -hmm. and the security God brings and not realizing that God promises that he will feed you mm -hmm. and he will clothe you mm -hmm. just like the fowls of the air and the lilies of the field. Yeah. So worry not for tomorrow mm -hmm. because we got enough sin for today. Yeah. And so we don't think about that. Mm -hmm. and, and there's so many people that are being lost, focusing just on money. Yeah. And even the the list that came out of restaurants that when was a, this? a man can't, a list. Oh, I did see that. that, that I, it was like Applebee's yeah, and Cheesecake Factory. Like I was normal, like, I like Cheesecake Right, factory. like normal restaurants, <laughs> like, oh, you can't take me here. 
And so all of that is the work of saying. <laughs> Who that, put this list out? Does anyone know? It, it said some women. It was like, oh, me and my friends made this list That's of hilarious. 20 restaurants. Y'all cannot take us on a first date. But it's like That's they look like McDonald's. But yet they're saying you can't take me to Applebee's. Not they look like McDonald's. Right. What does that mean, Tony? Meaning that you can't they don't... say that people look like McDonald's. <laughs> no, it just <laughs> like when you that what it, did... when you that ignorant to put the where you go out to eat on the first date as the standard of the relationship, or this is how we yeah. you know determine value of a man. That's so ignorant yeah. that you only deserve McDonald's. <laughs> You do not. You deserve crystals. To be honest with you, the little three crystal burgers, and so <laughs> not, not to deserve even, crystals, right? Like when you, you really, deserve White Castles and a bad, bad stomach ache, right? I'm telling you, and so that's where. <laughs> but it really affects people. Yeah, like there will be a minimum of a million women. That agree with that list. Oh yeah, probably minimum, more than that. Probably who like you know what? Yeah, you you right. Mm-hmm. Better not take me to Cheesecake Factory. Mm-hmm. And but there you have a relationship mm-hmm. that could have happened that was torn asunder mm-hmm. just because of the first date location. Okay, so let me ask you this: in dating, should a woman? How do I say this? Because I'm gonna be honest. I don't want. I would. I would. I would rather not go to McDonald's for a first date. I don't like McDonald's at all. Right. And I, it, I don't. But I. I would rather not go to any. Not even Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't. I'm just being honest. Like I don't disagree with the idea of like. I think I deserve something maybe a little nicer than right. Chick Fil A. However. I, I guess that's my question. How do, how does how does a woman know her value without putting somebody putting a man down or being like, I, "Don't take me to McDonald's." Like I would never say that to a guy in a demeaning way, but I don't want to go to McDonald's. Right. Well, the on thing, a first date. Well, this is the thing. What we have to understand, and this is what women have to understand, is you should read the man Mm -hmm. and respond. Mm -hmm. So if a man takes you to McDonald's, Mm -hmm. that's saying something about him. Mm -hmm. But if you say, don't take me to McDonald's, now you don't know who this man is. Mm. But if a man will take you to McDonald's, it's saying he's either testing you to see if you're going to say something Mm -hmm. or he is truly broke. (laughs) But, now, okay, if he's broke, then what? Because he could be a great guy, now you but he's evaluate, broke. Right. Now, so then what does a woman do with that? To each their own. Meaning if she has money and she says this man has so much character mm-hmm. and he has so much potential like in his business mind and his earning potential, but he doesn't know what my MBA has taught me. So I'm going to share a couple things with him. And it's going to take him from 30K to 300K. Mm. And I'm good because I make my own money. Mm-hmm. But the point of us coming together is to be a help meet. 
The mm. point of us coming together is to build together. Yeah. Like if we come together and everything is already sorted out, then we don't need each other. Mm. But the point is to be able to allow character to be currency. Yeah. But in a secular society where everyone is focused on the wrong thing, like the thing about it is, is like we can't even speak in generalities anymore. Oh, absolutely. Like not. we can't even have a conversation with people understanding that. When I say men, I'm not talking about every man. Right. And when I say women, I'm not talking about every, every woman. woman. But yeah. for the sake of conversation, yeah. I can't say 1,179,000 right. men. It's <laughs> right. like men. And yeah. so that's what I mean. We're in a space to where we're being so nitpicky. We have to dilute the truth. Right. It feels that way. Right. And I think that that's the, the other scary part about God releasing me in this season is that I'm like, you know me. You know me privately, how I talk. So for God to be like, yo, green light, go ahead and go. I'm like, oh, because it's everyone is so sensitive and you have to give context to almost everything in order to not be looked as as like, like I'm offending somebody. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. that's, I think that's the scary thing about this where we are right now in society mm -hmm. is we, that everyone is offended mm -hmm. and looking to be offended. Yeah. They ready because nobody wants what they think is their truth to be confronted. Yeah. We don't want accountability. Yeah. We want to do what makes sense to us and that's it. Yeah. And not realizing that it's bigger than us. Mm -hmm. Like it would serve me to join a religion that has multiple wives, mm -hmm. but would it serve my kids? Would it serve the heart of those women? Mm. It would serve my ego. It would serve my sexual needs or sexual desires. Mm -hmm. But would it serve the greater good? Mm. And so a lot of times we're not confronting what's done out of rebellion and what's done out of selfishness and what's done at the root for the wrong reason. Yeah. And then people who are on the receiving end of that, they will then justify it in their mind and say, oh, well, yeah, a man should have multiple women. Like women are saying that. And women are saying, I'm okay with a man cheating as long as he doesn't bring me a baby or bring me a disease. And it's like, how can you determine that? How can you dictate that? Mm. Like if you're okaying him to go sin, mm -hmm. the wages of sin is death. Yeah. Because he gets past the point of grace. He gets past the point of now you playing in God's face. Mm. And when you do that, now there's a price to pay. Yeah. And yeah. so we just kind of lost. So here's my question. This is my first, you know, in my adulthood dating. Because I was with somebody since I was 19. So it's, you know, it's a long time. Now that I'm 33... Going kind of going back a little bit to your point of like, if he takes you to McDonald's, but he has great character, build with him. Like, nobody, you sh the point is to build something together. So, for, for me, I feel like when I think of dating, it's like I'm 33, I'm divorced, I have three kids. I don't want to help nobody build nothing. Mm -hmm. I actually do want to. Cause I'm trying to build my, I'm trying to build myself. This right. is the first time I've ever depended on myself alone. Right. No help, no mm -hmm. security, no nothing, just by myself. So the idea of like 
the McDonald's guy mm-hmm. scares the crap out of me. Right. And honestly, it scares me too. Like <laughs> I'm not in agreement of a man taking a woman to McDonald's. Yeah. So let's let's be clear on that. Like it's just an example. Yeah, no, for but sure. But but I'm just saying a man it, yeah. having to build. Yeah. That also is a sign. Because if you're 33 and you meet a man that's 33 or 35 mm-hmm. and he's still struggling, that may speak to his character. Mm. So, see, when we say let a man's character be his currency, a lot of times character is going to determine currency mm. in the real world. So, when I say that, what I mean is if you meet a man who's 33 mm-hmm. and he is the executive director of each man teach a man mm-hmm. incorporated mm-hmm. and these men are going into the community and they're mentoring young boys who are at risk mm-hmm. and based on the grants that they have his pay is 50,000 mm-hmm. now this man may not be able to buy you a multi-million dollar house right now mm-hmm. but he is in his purpose he is on purpose mm-hmm. and he has character mm-hmm. so that becomes an exception to the rule yeah i'm and no one should ever say be with a man who is not working living with his mother not trying has no sense of purpose or identity Mm -hmm. but got a great talk game yeah and very romantic what about the guys who try but it just don't it don't be doing nothing Meaning trying like you're to just build. Busy. Like you're yeah, like you're right. trying to build, but it's lack of a woman. Mm. It's lack of a woman. Because a woman thinks with both sides of her brain. A man thinks with only one side of his brain. Mm. So says science. So when a woman comes in, a woman sees things totally different. And a we woman see it has in totality. Right. Yeah. A woman has an intuition that a man doesn't have. Yeah. So I talked to the man to a man the other day. And he has this business going on. I'm like, man, who is your wife? He was like, man, she's been amazing. He was like, nah, I'll be honest with you. When I got ready to start this, she didn't, she wasn't with it. Mm. And now they are struggling. Mm. She followed his vision and went against her own intuition. And now they're struggling. And so now they got to bring in people like myself to kind of help correct the business. Mm. Whereas with me, I have a wife if she says it's a if bad idea. If she says it's a bad idea, I don't do it. Mm. And every time I do it. Something bad happens. It, something bad happens. I, wow. I wanted a high-rise office being influenced <laughs> by the men online. So I want this high-rise office downtown, $3,000 a month. She said, it's a bad idea. You're not going to drive downtown. You never. I had it's the office six there. months. $18,000. I went five times. Then I wanted me a writing condo on the water. Baby, you know I like to write on the water. She said, it's a bad idea. Just go to a beach house. (laughs) I went, put down, got the condo. I didn't spend one day in that condo in like four to six months and then had to pay double, like $6,000 to get out of it. So I have clear examples when I have not listened to my wife's you know, insight mm-hmm. and intuition mm-hmm. and just thinking like a man as a dreamer, as a go-getter. Mm-hmm. And then it failed. It fails. So that's where I want women to understand. And and this is what I'm saying. And I'm going to say this. A woman, oh, <laughs> a woman who is unwilling to partner with a man, she does not deserve anything that he has mm-hmm. or that he will accumulate. 
The reason why my wife has everything that she wants and desires is because she partnered with me and she spoke life into me and she helped me build. Mm. And so now she it is hers, too. Yeah. I can't say this just mine because she was in the gym with me shooting. Yeah. And so that's what we have to understand today is that marriage is interdependent. Mm hmm not to independence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's a hard one pill to swallow for where we are right now because women are encouraged to be independent. They're cur- encouraged to be bosses and not and and a lot of times not only are we encouraged to but we have no other choice mm-hmm. but to. Mhm. Because of the positions that we've been in, because maybe some signs that we didn't see that have left us now with the consequences of maybe lack of wisdom, maybe lack of patience, maybe lack of vision, lack of obedience. Mm-hmm. Now we're left with those consequences and now it has thrusted us into this independence. And not only do I don't need a man, I don't even have time to help a man in any type of way or, you know what I'm saying? or have the capacity for it. And I feel that way. I mean, I feel I can identify because being on my own, it makes me have to get into a, a mind frame that I've never had to be in. Cause I was always taken care of, like maybe not emotionally, mentally, spiritually, but financially, I never had to worry about anything. You know what I mean? So coming into this space, um, because you left. So in essence, it's like life yeah. showed you that you would prefer your emotional stability over financial stability. Yeah. It, it is harder, but it's a different heart. It's a heart that I can steward where and, and hold where the other heart I could not. I personally could not. Now, there are probably tons of people that can endure the, you know, mental strains and emotional strains. I just could not endure that for me. And so- Forever. For I could not forever. Right. And nobody can. And I think that's what happens when it's a lot of women that choose a man for his money mm-hmm. and for his stability. And then- once she gets in there and she gets comfortable, she starts trying to change them. Mm. Say, hey, I don't want you sleeping with this particular woman. Or, mm. hey, I don't want you doing it this way or doing it that way. And he was like, listen, you know what you signed up for. Yeah, You came and I told you who I was and I was up front with you. You're not changing nothing. Yeah, And then guess what? They go through a divorce. They go yeah. through a breakup and, it, and it's in the media and we're watching it happen. Yeah, And so that's the thing is every woman should be independent. Every man should be independent. When a couple gets together, you really want to be at the place to where you both can pay your own bills. Mm -hmm. But interdependency is maturity, meaning knowing how to be independent, but also how to be interdependent, Mm. meaning knowing how to depend on someone who has something or brings something that you don't have or bring. But it's being able to identify that too, be able to identify your partner's maybe shortcomings or weaknesses and not condemning them for it, but being aware of it so that you know you're mindful how to pray for your partner. You're mindful of 
you know, where their triggers might lie. Because usually your triggers are where you fall short in. So maybe being aware of those things, I think we are not having the proper conversations and like the honest, con- we're just waiting for things to happen and just ex- responding, like reacting mm-hmm. instead of responding to those things effectively by having conversations previous to whatever the conflict may be. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so now the differences become like, I see your difference because it has affected me negatively. Now your difference is my op mm-hmm. instead of my helper. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like that maybe God allowed you to be deficient maybe in one area and me efficient in one area so that we can bring balance mm-hmm. to this relationship. But if we're not having those conversations and that trigger comes up, and we're affected by it negatively, we'll start to reject the differences in each other mm-hmm. instead of putting them kind of out on the table and saying, okay, these are this is what we have. How do we work with this? Because I don't think that God is calling people like that equally yoked doesn't mean that you have to be the exact same. Right. 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 It's just that equally yoked is that we have a common. God. Yeah. You are. Believe in God. Yeah. You got the same foundation. You got the same foundation. But personality traits, you need to be someone's missing piece to their puzzle. Mm-hmm. And that's where another mistake is like a teacher wants a teacher. Mm-hmm. An athlete wants an athlete. Mm-hmm. A pastor wants a pastor. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a mistake. Because if you're the same piece of the puzzle, all you can do is stack on top of each mm-hmm. other and not around each other. Now mm-hmm. your puzzle is still missing a piece. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, wasn't that what the Tower of um, Babel. Babel was? They right. were going up and mm-hmm. God was trying to scatter you out. He's mm-hmm. trying to, it's it's the outreach, not the upreach. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to go out. Mm-hmm. And, and in order to go out, like you said, I have to have a missing piece that connects to me, which means it has to be different than me. It can't be the same. Okay. And our, he created us all individually. Yeah. You know? Our strength is in our differences, mm-hmm. not our similarities. Mm-hmm. It's a quote I read a long time ago. I don't know the author, but that really hit me because my wife is my complete opposite. Mm-hmm. But our foundational beliefs, the God we believe in, mm-hmm. our beliefs about money, our beliefs about children, we are there foundationally Mm -hmm. but her personality my personality her likes and dislikes we are complete opposites but but it it, works it works because we're building on the same foundation yeah so we're building on the same foundation so i like putting in the windows she like putting in the doors she can do the interior design i can hang the tvs Mm -hmm. so we're building our mansion on a firm foundation and not on the sand. Yeah. I think that too, when we look at, um, like say for example, patience, right? We're both patient, but maybe our patients show up differently, but because we're not having that conversation of like, what does that look like for you? What does being patient look like for you? What does being kind look like for you? What's being a good friend look like for you? What does being a good husband look like for you? Like, what does that, what does being a parent look? I think we're just waiting for situations to happen and figuring it out when it happens instead of having those conversations up front, because you might be looking at somebody and being like, they're impatient. And it's like, no, their patience just shows up differently than yours. We both believe in patience, but we just show up differently. 
But if you don't include God in it, the enemy will come in and be like, they're not patient. They're not loving. They're not kind. In in reality, they probably are. It just shows up differently than you. And if you're not having that conversation and bringing God in the center as the focus, I think that's what's tearing. And we're seeing it left and right. I feel like more now than I've ever seen it. Divorce after divorce, breakup after breakup, just everywhere. Right. And if it's happening in the industry, I know it's happening just in general too. Right. What we call irreconcilable differences. Mm-hmm. But it's something my, my dad taught me when I was young in my relationship. He said, son, in a time of peace, you prepare for war. Mm-hmm. So what that means is you have the tough conversations up front. And you have the tough conversations before something blows up. So you're able to say, hey, what do you need from me? Mm-hmm. And the other person, what do you need from me? What is a good husband? What does a good husband look like to you? What does a good wife look like to you? Mm-hmm. But instead, we're kind of going and we're expecting someone to read our mind, mm-hmm. someone to know what we want, someone to finished our sentence. Mm-hmm. And we want this fairy tale, this magic dust, this genie in a bottle. And that's not real life. And then when life hits us in the face, we're like, hey, that's now cool. we have irreconcilable differences. Yep. But when God is not in the center, then there is no renewal mm-hmm. because we become a new creature and we are renewed. But every relationship can be fixed if you have the renewer of the creature. Yep. But if you are stuck in your ways and you're just focused on what you want and who you are, oh, this is me. This is how I am. Mm -hmm. I can't be different. Then that is spitting in the face of your creator and Mm -hmm. saying, hey, you can't change me. I can't change. So it is what it is, my Mm -hmm. way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And that's why divorce is happening. Mm -hmm. It's really because creatures don't know their creator and are not being renewed. And becoming a new person to be able to stay in that relationship. Yeah, yeah. We we operate from selfishness. First, but I mean, what other place? If you don't know God, and now a lot of people just don't. But if what other place could you have come from? Like, could what other place will we end up at? With the way things are set up, I think that it's really important to have, and and not because. I did it. I'm saying because in most of my major relationships I had, platonic or romantic, I didn't do it. I didn't have the real raw conversations. I think I was willing to, but as as direct and kind of bold as I speak, and as much as I'm not afraid of confrontation, it's not comfortable for me and it's not my go-to. Do you know what I mean? But if it comes to me, I'm all about it. I am way. not running from any argument. I'm not running from no fight. I'll fight all day. But having hard conversations regarding some very deep, vulnerable things, you know what I mean? Like, I wish I would have had better conversations. I wish I would have up front, not in the middle of it. I wish I would have had better ones up front. I wish I would have said it, you know, said things in like in my marriage. I wish I would have been more um, honest about the real impact that it was having, not just the surface impact, but like the real deep internal impact that 
certain things were having on me. Not even just regarding him, but just regarding life in general. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, Why didn't you? I'm trying to think of the best way to say this because I'm not, again, you know how the internet does. I'm going to save that for part two. Listen, guys, part one, Tony, thank you for joining. Head back next week. Part two, we'll finish up the discussion. It's getting really, really good. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, head over to uh, Spotify, Apple, what are the other platform? Whatever you get your audio, go leave a comment, rate, do all those things and join my Patreon for exclusive content. Please do not forget to join my Patreon for exclusive content. That's where you're going to get all the good, good, good stuff. And then I'll see you next week with part two. Hey, you guys, before you go, I just wanted to say how grateful I am for your love and support. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment and share it with a friend or a family member. If you could do me one huge favor, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a heartfelt review. It helps others just like you discover the podcast. You guys, let's continue to spread the inspiration. For more about me and the podcast, visit www.themeganashley.com. Until next time, stay encouraged that you are so valuable and so loved.